Hello, and welcome to the Virtue Podcast. This is Tiffany Velasquez, and I am so glad that you are joining us today. I realize that this podcast is being released on Christmas Day. So for those of you that made time in the midst of your cooking and having guests and opening gifts, I want to say Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I realize that probably most of you are listening to this after Christmas, which is also great because today I'm going to be talking about the significance of the new year and new growth that we can have in our lives. So, you know, I was thinking about New Year's and my husband, Gabe, and I, we always try and carve out time before the new year to talk about our dreams, goals, and prayers for the new year. It's a little daunting, to be honest, but also refreshing, exciting, and stirring to spend time talking and praying about the things that the Lord puts on our hearts. And an extension for me of those dreams and prayers that linger heavily on my heart and mind are those for you. Yes, my family, my marriage, I have personal goals, but I also have goals and dreams and prayers for you. Yes, the community of women who make up the women in our church harvest, the women that make up our small group leaders and members, and even broader than that, those of you who make up the views of these posted podcasts, and those of you that are simply here, you're tuning in today for a word of hope or maybe a word of encouragement or a point of view that you can be challenged by or even just relate to. You know, as the new year approaches, some of us may be uh, anticipating with excitement at the potential of what it may hold, but some of us are looking at this new year with fear of the seemingly unknown or even the known. And there are some of us who sense kind of an indifference because for you, you don't see any signs of potential change or growth or even restoration from hard things that you might be experiencing in this new year. But I believe in the promises of God, and I believe that God has something fresh and new in store for each one of us this year. I really do. He himself says in Isaiah 43, 19, he says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Do you see it? Do you believe that God wants to and can do something new in your life this new year? Well, whether we see it coming or not, I think we all probably desire some sort of growth, some sort of fresh perspective, growth physically, mentally, emotionally, and most important, spiritually, right? That's why we all make, you know, New Year's resolutions. And I'm reminded of such an encouraging passage of scripture in the Old Testament as I think of kind of a commissioning scripture for us in this new year. And it's in 1 Chronicles 28. It's kind of a formula for any sort of growth that we want to see. So I want to set the stage for you before I read this very cool uh, passage of scripture. So here we are in 1 Chronicles 28. And we're all familiar with King David, right? Uh, And King David, this is towards the end of his life, the very end of his life. And he had desired to build a temple for the Lord. And Nathan, the prophet at the time, he told him, you know, see now I dwell in a house of cedar. So basically David was saying, I dwell in this house, this beautiful home, you know, made of cedar. But the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is under tent curtains. So the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of God's presence, and it contained um, the Mosaic Law, a pot of manna and remembrance of God's provision, and the Rod of Aaron. And it resembled God's presence. And what 
David was saying was that I don't feel right living in this beautiful home when the Ark of the Covenant, essentially, you know, the symbolic of God's presence is under tent curtains. Uh, The Ark of the Covenant served as a religious symbol where people could come and they could meet with God. He hovered over the Ark when the priests were present. And, you know, David, he had a good intention here in building this new home, this new temple for the Lord. And David was such a significant man throughout scripture, wasn't he? I've been thinking so much about David these last couple of days. David had many successes, but David also had many failures to which we can relate to both, right? But overall, God called David. He identified David as a man after his own heart. And even as a man after God's own heart, God's response to David wanting to build this temple was not what you would expect. God had a different plan for David. God had told Nathan the prophet, hey, Nathan, go tell David. And it said, thus saith the Lord. This comes from the Lord. You shall not build me a house to dwell in because you have shed much blood on earth in my sight. So even though David, um, you know, he had shed blood, right? He had killed Uriah. We know that after his sin with Bathsheba. But also David was being used by God to secure peace through war in Israel at the time. And that was a process. Uh, The temple of the Lord was to be associated with peace and a house of prayer. And whoever God assigned to build that temple needed to be someone who had not shed much blood. So rather than David building a temple, God had decided to allow David's son to oversee this work, and his son was Solomon. In 1 Chronicles 28, at the end of King David's life, he stood before all the leaders of Jerusalem at the time, and he kind of gave this farewell or valedictory speech to the people, and he explained to them that, yes, he intended to build a permanent structure, a temple for the Ark of the Covenant to dwell permanently. Then he went on to explain to them, without bitterness or self-pity, that though he did desire to build this temple, God was not going to allow him to complete this work because God God had pre-appointed the building of the temple to David's son, Solomon. So again, David, without dwelling in disappointment, continued sharing with the people. Yes, he shared with them. God had given David other promises, right? He had promised that he would be linked to Christ the King forever. It was the promise that he would be in the lineage of Jesus, which was a promise that God had made with David. He shared that with the people. And then he shared this next portion of scripture, and that's where I want to land. We're given some very foundational nuggets of wisdom to apply this new year, a formula, if you will. He said he began to instruct his son Solomon with words that we too would be wise to heed in this new year so that we can experience that something new that God wants to do in our lives that he has in store for both you and me. And, you know, new can mean new, new, you know, or it can also mean just a new level of depth of growth in our relationship with Christ in in different areas of our life. But this is what David said. He said in 1 Chronicles 28, 9 and 10, and this is the message translation, uh, more of a commentary version on this passage of scripture. He said to Solomon, he said, get to know well your father's God. Serve him with a whole heart and an eager mind. For God examines every heart and sees through every motive. If you seek him, he'll make sure you find him. But if you abandon him, he'll leave you for good. Look sharp now. God has chosen you to build his holy house. Be brave, determined, and do it. 
What a word, right? What a good word for Solomon as his father was encouraging him and also for us. A message that if we do indeed heed, we will indeed produce new growth, new depth this coming year. Here's a summary of David's words to Solomon with a little application, kind of a breakdown of these passages of scripture. The first thing that David said to Solomon was, get to know God for yourself or get to know well your father's God. I think there was no secret that the living God was David's God. But just like each one of us, we can't live on the laurels of our family or our church even. We have to know God for ourselves, right? And this new year, I want to be challenged and I want to challenge you to dig deeper for yourself into God's word, opening up the pages of scripture and reading and asking God to highlight the things that he wants you to learn. It's the living word. It will speak to you. You know, devotionals and commentaries and podcasts, much like this one, they're all great, but they're supplements, they're companions to God's word. Nothing replaces the power of spending time in God's living word and also applying it to our lives, right? It's not just enough to read it. We have to take it and we have to live it. As David reminds Solomon there in verse 19, he says, if you seek him, you will, he will make sure you find him. I was just telling a friend the other day that I am so glad that I serve a God who reveals himself to us. He reveals his plans and his will for our life. I am so glad that he speaks to us and he makes himself available to us. Just like David said to Solomon, if you seek him, he will make sure that you find him. And you know, we do this individually, right? We do our quiet time, our devotion time. Uh, however that works for you, just commit to it. It doesn't have to look a certain way. Just spend time in God's word. We do that individually, but we can also do this together. And I want to take a moment to encourage you in this new year to commit to joining a Bible study group. If you're a member at Harvest, we have women's groups, we have couples groups, we have young adults groups. And if you're listening from afar, we also offer groups that meet online to talk about God's word together. You know, we understand, I know I do, understand God's word even better with the facets that small group Bible studies bring. You know, we have the lessons or the curriculum, right? The studies that they give us, the questions to answer that just expand upon what we are studying or what we're hearing in the messages on Sunday. The messages that correspond with the lessons, the podcasts that we listen to weekly that correspond with those lessons. And then the group dynamic of a discussion, you know, that mutual encouragement. I don't know how many times I've been in a small group where I'm sharing my perspective, I've written down my answer, and then someone else shares and a light bulb goes off like, wow, I didn't see it that way. It's that mutual encouragement. You know, preaching and teaching is kind of, it's kind of that one-way communication, right? You listen while the speaker speaks, for example, on Sunday mornings. And obviously, those services are crucial means for growing in our knowledge of God's word. The Bible says, you know, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. Sunday morning church is so important. But it's in those smaller groups together that it's effective for personally applying what we've learned, being accountable to what we've learned, and talking about it, sharpening each other, as the scripture says, as iron sharpens iron. In a small group setting, you know, we can ask questions. You know, on a Sunday morning, we can't raise our hand and ask a question as the pastor is preaching, but we can in a small group. 
We can participate in a discussion of the text and hear others share their insights and illustrations of the truth that that we're trying to grasp. So this new year, I want to encourage you to commit or even recommit to know God for yourself as David encouraged Solomon through his word, both individually and together. The second thing that David tells Solomon, he says, Son, serve him with all you have, your whole heart and an eager mind. I love, again, uh, the message translation. Again, the message is more of a commentary on the scripture. It says, Galatians 5.13, Serving is a form of worship, a way to express gratitude for what Jesus has done for us and to share the love and grace we've been given. We shift our focus off of ourselves onto others through serving. We begin to see others as Jesus sees them, and we see Jesus in others. Are you actively serving in some capacity today? You know, I know that uh, serving isn't just limited to the church, right? We serve our husbands, we serve our children, we serve our, our spouses and our coworkers. But as Pastor Greg says, here at church in the new year, he has encouraged us many times to get some skin in the game. And I love that, that word picture there, get some skin in the game, get some investment, because not only is serving the Lord an act of worship, but you know what? Serving the Lord is such a joy. It's such a joy. It's a perspective shift. And in heaven, you know what? When we look to heaven, we're going to be given opportunities to serve Jesus in heaven. So I say, why not get a head start now? This new year, again, as I challenge you to get to know well your father's God or get to know God for yourself, I also challenge you and myself to take a personal stake and investment in the body of Christ by committing to serve the Lord by serving others on a regular basis. There are so many opportunities to serve inside and outside of the church, right? If you don't know where to start, I want to encourage you to reach out to one of our church leaders or call the church or email us, and we can help get you plugged in with a new resolve to serve this new year. The next thing David said to Solomon was, be ready, be confident, and be determined. I like to look at this as, Be on guard. You know, as believers, we have to be ready for what the Lord has next for us, right? That's something new, that new level of depth. And in order to do that, we have to be laser focused and determined to honor and obey him so that we're ready. We're we're that blank canvas ready for the Lord to use and to minister to. The enemy's plan to distract us and lure us into things that are not good for us is no small matter. When we're not ready, when we haven't established that confidence and readiness and determination, sin can creep in so quickly and cause us to miss out on the new things that God wants to do in our lives. You know, sin and also busyness, just being busy and preoccupied with the things that aren't as important. And let me tell you, it is never worth the price we end up paying when we get distracted and complacent in our walks with God. Philippians 1.6, it says, Stand confident in this very thing. He that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, this life with Christ, our relationship with him, it's not a sprint. It's not a short jaunt. It is a marathon. And we have to continue to be ready and be confident and determined and to never let our guards down. 
Galatians 6, 9, one of my favorite scriptures says, let us not become weary in doing good. Don't grow tired of doing what God has called you to do for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That was Galatians 6, 9. So David ends this kind of charge as he says, be brave, be determined and do it. All of these words of counsel from David are so important for us. Get to know God for yourself or get to know well your father's God. Secondly, serve him with all you have, your whole heart and an eager mind. And thirdly, be ready, be confident, and be determined. And as we heed these words of David and apply them to our lives, we will be ready for that new work, that new growth, and the new challenges that God has for us in this new year. Before I sign off today, I want to pray for us. I want to pray that God would ready our hearts and instill within us all of these things that we've talked about today. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you now. And Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God who communicates with us, who makes yourself known to us. Lord, you reveal not only yourself, but you reveal your plan to us, your will to us, your best for us so that we can live the abundant life that you've promised us in your word. And we thank you so much for that. We also thank you for your grace and your mercies. Your word tells us that your mercies are new every morning. And Lord, we need that. You know we need that. You give us these fresh starts. And so we pray for that this new year. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would enable us to be women who know you well, Lord, that we would be women who are well-versed in scripture and have a depth of relationship with you, that we can stand on it, Lord. We can be confident and ready and determined in it. And Lord, I pray for new opportunities to serve you or just the faithful diligence to keep serving you in the areas that you've called us to now, maybe in a new way. Lord, would you give us that? We want to serve you with all we have, our whole hearts and eager minds. Lord, we love you so much and we ask this new year that you would go before us, that you would stand beside us, and that you would follow after us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.